You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 190. So how do high achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, my friend. How are you? Are you ready to talk about heroes and villains? We all perceive certain people in our lives as heroes or villains, as angels or devils. And what I want to share with you today is that this black and white thinking about people is not helpful when it comes to our emotional health and getting what we want. We will give our time, money, and energy to fueling our belief in the hero-villain stories that we have instead of seeing them, the people in our lives, for who they are, humans, just like us. And when you do this work, you're going to release so much energy around canonizing your heroes and hating on your villains, and you're going to have way less drama and spend a lot less time ruminating on the actions of other people, the intentions of other people, when you practice what you learn in this episode. And at the end, I'm going to wrap this all up. You're going to get a nice tiny bow. We're going to talk about the questions to ask yourself when you notice your actions being ruled by your perceptions of others, like starting to get curious, having a line of inquiry when you notice the behaviors that I describe in this episode showing up in your life. The very first example of heroes and villains that popped in my brain when I came up for the idea of this podcast was the genie from Aladdin and the villain Jafar, okay? I want you to think of yourself as Aladdin. You are the real hero of the story, right? You're the one who is perceiving everything that's happening. When we're watching a movie, when we're hearing a story, we're not always in our brain. But in this case, you are in your brain and you are making judgments. Perceptions are coming in through your eyes, your ears, and you are starting to really see the world through a particular lens. Now, If you remember the Disney version, Robin Williams played the joyful, bright blue genie and Jafar was a morose and darkly shaded character. The artists literally gave Jafar a tinge darker skin and black and red robes and some sharp edges to his costume to make him appear more villainous. These are all cues we're used to seeing, right? And it makes the story so much easier to tell because you can immediately see who the heroes and the villains are. This is just a subtle way we learn how to tell good people from bad without getting to know them, right? Don't mind the brainwashing. We have different ways of doing that now. We have all the politics, all of the news, it's all mixed in there. And the way that we talk about different humans, they're either villainized or they're canonized, right? So just keep an eye out for when this shows up in your life and you have this black and white thinking where all the good people are one particular way, they're one particular uh, political bent, and all the bad people are another political bent. Like just notice where this comes up in your life. So if you're not familiar with Aladdin, This is the basic plot. 
the genie granted Aladdin wishes, but not just a quick your wishes granted kind of wish granting happening here. He created show-stopping performances, right? Like elephants, like all of these things above and beyond really what the wish was, right? And that was all done so Aladdin could get the girl. That was Aladdin's plot point. That's what he wanted. Jafar wanted to strip Aladdin of everything he had because Jafar wanted to be the ruler of the universe and get the girl too. So when you look at this story, you can see it's very black and white. There's no backstory showing why the genie and Jafar behaved the way that they did. It's all centered around how their behavior impacts Aladdin, which is obviously the point of the story, right? He's the hero. So that's that's all that's important to us too, right? We see how other people's behaviors are impacting our life. But seldom do we take the time to really look at the backstory to see why people behave as they do, how they think, what motivates them. Now, let's add in some color to this story. The genie had motivations beyond helping Aladdin get the girl because Aladdin seemed like a nice guy. He'd been trapped in a bottle for millennia and only got out occasionally when someone, usually a not-so-nice person, discovered him and got three wishes. He had a promise from Aladdin that this time it'd be different, that he would be freed with his last wish. So he wanted Aladdin nice and happy so he would follow through on his promise. He wanted something from Aladdin. That's why he was doing these above and beyond show-stopping performances. He wanted Aladdin to give him his freedom. Now, Jafar had motivations beyond hurting Aladdin. No one wanted to be ruler of the universe. Like, no one wants to be ruler of the universe without a really painful backstory, right? Presumably, he had a bad childhood and felt he needed to prove himself. He wanted power to prove something, something to himself and others. He was second fiddle to the emperor, and he didn't like being treated like he didn't matter. He believed that once he was supremely powerful, then he would finally be happy and prove to people that he was worthy, not just of having power, but of belonging. Like This is a true sense of belonging that every single one of us has that wants. Belonging is a human and in the sphere of powerful people. We want to believe that we belong where we are. And this was power that Jafar had never had before. So the story changes a bit when you see another perspective, right? Suddenly the genie is a bit manipulative and you kind of feel bad for Jafar. But but this is kind of like looking at our lives and seeing that when we start to see things in black and white, we're missing the bigger picture and we start behaving in ways that aren't helpful for us because we can't see that bigger picture. We can't see how our behaviors impact the other people in our lives. So you might say like, actually, let me back up. Okay, so here's a few examples of the heroes that come up for my clients. A partner who sends them work consistently or writes a stellar review a spouse who helps them at home, a client who sends referrals. Now think about this in your life. Is there someone in your life that can do no wrong, that they are just amazing, you love them, they're fabulous? I want you to think of this person in your mind. Now you might say, what's the problem? They're supportive of me. Well, here's the problem. Canonizing people in our lives can prevent us from playing bigger in our lives. This is what I mean. You might do things for the partner that they want you to do 
at the expense of what you want in your life. And I've seen this with my clients who have a goal, but because they feel a sense of obligation, they pull back on what they want. They make their goal smaller. So their partner gets what they want instead. And if you find yourself doing this, then you're probably thinking something like, I owe them so much, I can't say no. You might not ask for help from a spouse or a partner because you think the thoughts, I don't want to ask for more. They already do so much. You might do work you don't really want to do, i.e. do work that's not in the practice area you want to expand because you want your client who's giving you referrals to be happy and to keep sending those referrals. You think, I can't say no, they might stop sending me referrals. So if we believe that we can't say no, we're never going to say no. And we won't ask for what we want. If we don't ask for what we want, we can't get it. And if we believe that other people are responsible for our successes, we will always be beholden to them. And we won't learn how to take responsibility for making our own successes and what really creates them, which is how we think about ourselves, our goal, and how we are in the world. And if we believe we are stuck doing work that we don't really want to do, then we will never do work that lights us up and live into the version of ourselves that we know we're meant to be. If you notice any of these behaviors showing up for you, ask yourself, what do you want? What do you truly want? If there were no limits, what would it be? And are these behaviors that you're seeing show up for you consistent with the you that you want to be a year from now? The you who has what you want. And if you 100% believed in yourself and your ability to make that happen for yourself, could you say no? Could you say no to work you didn't want to do? Could you decide your dreams are more important than your fear of saying no or what someone thinks of you? Could you ask for help when you need it, even if you feel uncomfortable? Let me give you a little peek inside your hero's brain so you can understand them a little bit better. Now, obviously, I'm not a mind reader, but I do understand the human condition, and so do you. And I think that this is going to resonate with you once you start seeing how this might show up in your own life. So the partner asking you for something you don't want to give wants things to be easy for him or her. They want what they want and they think you're going to be accommodating. After all, you've never said no to them before. They're sure that you will be obliging. They might not think anything about the work they refer you or maybe they do. It doesn't really matter. They might think that, you know what, they like feeling uh, useful, right? Like that's something that I hear a lot from other people. Me too. I like to feel useful, right? And so of course, like that feeds something that we want when we give something to somebody else because we feel useful. And how about the spouse, right? The spouse you don't ask for help might fear that they're not pulling their weight in the household. And they think maybe, you know what, they don't need my help because you seem like you have it all together. And they wonder if you even need them. How about the client, the one who refers everyone in the kitchen sink to you? Well, they really like to feel needed too. They like to feel useful. They think they're doing a good deed and they don't think twice about what you want because they figure it's all the same. After all, you never say no and you don't tell them anything different about who to refer. So you must do all the legal practice under the sun. It's not a big deal for them, right? 
So when you open your brain to this perspective, it allows you more freedom to say no and to ask for help and communicate what you want. I mean, that is the only way you're going to get it is if you ask for what you want. So here's a few examples of the villains that come up for my clients. Okay, switching gears here. A partner who complains that other people in the firm aren't pulling their weight. A spouse who seems unsupportive. A client that needs hand-holding. A firm in particular, or the legal profession as a whole, for being so demanding. And here you might say, yeah, these are the worst. It's horrible. I have problems here. And I want to offer you that these so-called villains have their own motivations that might make them a little more sympathetic, okay? So the partner complaining might have been working hard their whole life to prove they belong where they are and that they can be successful. I see this theme over and over again with workaholics. I have experienced it myself. It is this deep need to feel like you belong, that you are worthy of being here on this planet. And none of the, like, all the work in the world is not going to make you worthy. You are 100% worthy right now. But they have this one thing they can be proud of about themselves and they complain to make themselves feel better about their life and their decisions. They don't know another way of being. They assume that everyone must need to work harder, that that's just the way it is. The spouse doesn't understand what you want or why you want it. They can't see the vision you have, so they rely on what their thoughts and feelings about things are in this world. They don't have your thoughts or feelings because you haven't, maybe you haven't expressed it to them in a communicative way, a loving way, or maybe it's just because he can't see it, right? How about the firm or the legal profession, right? It is a business. A business requires watching expenses. And you know this, right? In your household budget, it's like, okay, well, something's got to go. I've got to make choices here. This is a budget. I need to, you know, really look and see what I can account for here, where I can, you know, maybe cut a little bit here. So if a lawyer is fine receiving less money for their work and doesn't ask for a raise, that's not a business problem, right? They're assumed happy unless they say something otherwise. A business needs to keep expenses down. So until there's enough people complaining about being unhappy, there's not a need to hire more people. The firm slash legal profession isn't intentionally being mean or demanding. It just has a job to do, like you do when you're doing your budget. And it figures the status quo has been working, so there's no need to change things. Like How often have you said that to yourself? You're like, oh, well, that's fine. That works. You know, you're not really thinking about the long-term impact of your household, right? When you're doing expenses, maybe you're not really thinking about that. And same thing goes with businesses. If there are people who just aren't thinking about the long-term ramifications to the employees or the business, it's not because they don't care or they're intentionally trying to make your life hard. It's because that's how it's always been done for them. And they figure, well, if it's good enough before, it's good enough now, and we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I want to offer you that if you looked at these villains as humans with their own perspectives, you might be more likely to let the partner comments slide off your back. There's no drama if there's only one person, one person living out that drama. You might be more likely to communicate the faith that you have in yourself in a loving way instead of a defensive way and believe in yourself so you're not relying on someone else to believe in you. 
Anytime we are defensive about something that we want, it's because there's a lack of faith that we have in ourselves. It is a sign that we are not feeding ourselves what we need to fuel that belief. And I've experienced that myself. Like years ago, I had a conversation with a friend and he wasn't as supportive as I thought he should be. And I got really defensive, a little snippy. And the reason for that I found out later was because I didn't fully believe myself and I was looking to him for like validation that I could do it. So we've got to feed ourselves our own belief. We can't look to other people to do that for us. And that's that's like step one is like really having faith in ourselves. So com- the other thing that we would be like less likely to do is to complain about the big bad firm or the legal profession and decide that you're either going to be part of the solution or make a powerful decision to change yourself to build a real life while working there or you can decide to leave. I actually did all three. Like as I'm reading this, I did all three things, right? Like I'm part of the solution, podcast, Instagram, coaching, it's all one and the same. Like I'm helping lawyers. I made a powerful decision to change myself to build a real life while I was a criminal prosecutor. Like I really had to make some hard decisions and get over some judgments about myself, get over my ego, you know, to really decide how I was going to build my life within that practice and have my coaching business. And my other decision was finally to leave so I could coach lawyers full time so I could have the impact that I wanted. So it's not an either or decision. Like you can take these in steps. So what do you do with this new perspective? Why is it so powerful? Because when you see that your heroes and villains are just other humans living out their own stories and dealing with their own mental dramas, you can see you have a choice about how you think and how you behave. No one is rescuing you from the poorhouse with their referrals. No one has it out for you and wants to see you fail or be miserable. Then we are the ones rescuing ourselves and deciding whether we want to fail, whether we want to be miserable, or whether we want to succeed, whether or not we are going to ask for what we want. It's always our decision. This is a much more powerful place to show up in the world. We are given these stories as children that we're going to be rescued, and some people are just bad, right? There's heroes and there's villains. But what if you stopped believing the stories and started seeing this reality? And if you love this podcast and you are ready to get to work uncovering all the stories that are preventing you from conquering overwhelm, going after what you want, asking for what you want, and really thriving in your life, I want to invite you to come and work with me. You can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. This is the work, my friend. We are here to overcome our stories so we can not only feel better, but truly live better. We keep growing the more that we expose ourselves to those fallacies that we've absorbed over the years. I hope you have a lovely week and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, wait, one more thing. If you haven't left a review for Be A Better Lawyer podcast, could you go to dinacataldo.com forward slash Apple reviews? Let people know this podcast can help them. Let me know how this podcast has helped you and let others know how it can help them change their lives if they're struggling. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.